what this world is coming to. number three on a Wednesday. A lot of stuff going on football-wise, basketball-wise, getting ready for the NFL championship games, of course. Longhorns officially have their new wide receivers coach. Longhorns get a big win in basketball, win number 17 on the year, keeping pace with everybody at the top of the conference. They got a little help, I guess is what you'd call it, from Iowa State last night, giving K-State their second loss. Boy, there's just going to be it's going to be a round robin fight in this conference throughout the year. All right, Zay, let's start with this beat. What we got here? Rebel without a pause. Public enemy. Chuck D, Flavor Flav, the crew, legendary. I uh yeah. It's going to sound like I'm making it up now, but when you started it, the first thing in my head was, that sounds like something Chuck D would rap about. Oh, man. It sounds like something Public Enemy would be involved in. I can feel that coming. Now, what's the name of the song again? Rebel Without a Pause. Rebel Without a Pause. Public Enemy. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, what's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite visual duos ever? Chuck D and Flavor Flav just never looked like they should be together. They no. never looked like they should even know each other, but it all worked with for them. Yeah, Chuck D's out here talking about righteousness while Flavor Flav's having crack cocaine fall out of his pockets. It's just <laughs> all on stage at the same time. One of the weirdest, coolest things ever uh, was Public Enemy, and uh, I referenced it earlier. I still wish I had gone to one of those Public Enemy Anthrax shows. I never, I, di- I, I didn't get the chance to go. Um, there was all sorts of stuff going on around that time, and uh, I was unable to get to it. But I heard it was a hell of a cross section of music fans. That sounds genius. When those two went on tour together. Because they they respected each other. It was Anthrax that dug Public Enemy first. Those guys grew up on Public Enemy. They loved it. They could they could recite you entire songs of uh, PE stuff, and they loved it. And they did uh, they did the cover of Bring the Noise, and then they just decided, well, why don't we go tour together? And they did. It was a great idea. Yeah, that's dope. That's crazy stuff. All right, so a little PE to get us started th- this hour. We got a lot to get to. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We'll talk some Longhorns, Cowboys, and whatever else we can think of with Chip Brown, Horns247.com. Check out the flagship podcast and check out that morning brew article i'm sure he's been dealing with chris jackson in the last day or so at chip brown 247 as well chip how are you chris jackson if you're nasty yes exactly see i thought of i'm sorry mr jackson and did like an outcast thing but either way um, i thought of chris jackson the former lsu player that changed his name to muslim yeah. Ooh, that was chris that chris jackson became is that mahmoud abdul rauf I don't know. I was about oh, yeah. to say Sharif Abdurrahim, and I know that's wrong. <laughs> Chip, am I right on that one? Yeah, I think you got that right there. That's a ba- and talk about badass shooters. Oh, my oh, he God. He was a bad dude. That dude could fill it up. Uh, Chip, what do we need to know about Chris Jackson? I've been trying to read up on him and kind of try to figure out you know, what's going on. From the Aggie perspective, I know he woke up my man Christian Kirk this week, or this week, this year. Uh, what did you, what'd you make of this choice? 
Yeah, how about Chris Jackson, man? This guy's like one of the all-time legends in arena football. Yep. He had over uh, over 1,000 catches in arena ball. I mean, <laughs> you've got to love football to be sticking around arena ball for for nine years in like five different teams. And he's like number, he's like top 10 all time in arena ball in re- receptions to touchdowns ratio. Wow. And 32%. He got, got a title, didn't he? At least one. Well, yeah. 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 And that's, that's where he, he came across a margin hooks. Who's one of one of the top receiver trainers in the state of Texas. Um, he, he's trained, you know, John T. Cook, Evan, Evan Stewart, um, Isaiah Nayer, and right now he's uh, training Micah Hudson, the five-star 2024 um, receiver who is the Longhorns' top recruiting target at that position. So, um, you know, he's, his whole career has been in pro football. His whole coaching career um, has been in pro football. And, and so the question is, can he recruit? Well, if he's got a contact like Margin Hooks, that's a pretty good, pretty good place to start. He inherits a, you know, an even more talented receiver room with the addition of Ad Mitchell from Georgia, which is still like this, just lotto ticket um, transfer. I think Ad Mitchell's really good, and and for Texas to add him and. You know, you're hoping Isaiah Nair is healthy from the ACL um, rehab. And and so you've got, you know, you're starting to build that receiver room the way Steve Sarkeesian likes it, where you've got multiple deep threats. You're, you know, you're really putting the safeties in conflict. You're putting outside linebackers in conflict. And, uh, and then with another year in the Sarkeesian offense uh, for Quinn Ewers, you know, he's able to process and digest and add two big targets in six foot three, Isaiah Nair and six foot four, uh, AD Mitchell. Yeah, Chip, it must have taken a lot to get Chris Jackson out the NFL to come to college and having a very deep wide receiver room like Texas does. That could get you to jump ship like he did. But let's talk about Jamal Finner a little bit, former LBJ coach. We know he did a lot of good things there at LBJ, taking them to state this past year and having some real good players coming out of the east side. Now he's director of high school relations for Steve Sarkeesian. What is he going to bring to this coaching staff and even though he knows Austin, is he going to bring more with just his relationships and how he operates? That's the key. That's the key, Zay, is, is you know, how, how does he relate with all the other coaches around the state? And that's, that's the key. I think, um, you know, Sark has done a good job. Jeff Banks, um, they've done a good job of identifying, you know, Chris Gilbert now, uh, Jamal Fenner, is it the guys that can connect with, you know, the coaches and earn their trust and, and, and helping to not convince a player, but just getting that seal of approval from, 
a player's high school coach. Uh, and then, you know, that high school relations position, being able to relate to players, to parents, because a lot of that is, um, you know, hosting the kids on campus, um, you know, just being there, being the resource at all times for um, the high school coaches, for, for parents of recruits, recruits themselves. It's a, it's a big-time personality job. It's a connector job. So, um, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting that, um, you know, you're, you're going with uh, a high school coach from right here in Austin, typically, I mean, Chris Gilbert came from Dallas, and, you know, you probably think Dallas, Houston. But like you said, the talent in Central Texas is, um, you know, has come so far with, with all the, you know, the, all the programs in Central Texas seem to be rising. And, you know, not just the iconic programs like Westlake and, and Lake Travis. You know, you got Vandergrift now. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time. No doubt. Talking with Chip Brown, Horns247.com. Chip, I do want to get your thoughts on my Cowboys, but before we get to that mess, let me throw in another piece of good news first. Uh, Texas basketball, beating Oklahoma State like that last night. What would you think? Yeah, I mean, this team, you just you trust them. I mean, you trust them in, in 10-point games. And, heck, we talked – well, no, we haven't talked about – that West Virginia game, you know, where you're, you know, what you Tyrese Hunter's in the locker room. You got you got uh, Dylan DeZue fouling out with three fifteen left. Marcus Carr gets called for the questionable foul. You know, with two thirty nine left, it results in three made free throws, and it's a two point game. And and then they shut him out the rest of the way, and it's 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 a no doubt about it, win for Texas at West Virginia. Well, last night, they controlled that game from start to finish. And really, it, it you know, I wrote about it today in the morning brew. Texas is the best free throw shooting team in the Big 12 um, at 75%. In conference games, they're at 82%. And in the final four minutes of games, they're at 86%. Wow. I mean, almost 87%. It's 86.7. And that's just amazing. And it's it's a bunch of different dudes. You know, it's Timmy Allen, who's 7 of 8 in those situations. Brock Cunningham is 6 of 6. Carr is 24 of 28. Uh, Jabari Rice, 18 of 21 in, in the final four minutes of games. I mean, these guys just, they don't blink. They... They have confidence in those situations. Christian Bishop said, we got a lot of old dudes on this team, and we, we just look at each other and say, okay, it's, it's time to lock it down. And they don't, they don't worry. You know, there's not a guy that you send to the line that, that you cringe, really. I mean, it's, it's across the board. They got dudes who can, who can you know, convert from the free throw line. I mean, um, you know, I mentioned those guys, but you've also got, uh, you know, Tyrese Hunter is five of seven from the line in those situations. Arterio Morris, Dylan Mitchell haven't missed in those situations. So when you got seven, 
eight guys who you can send to the line and feel good about. And that's, that's rare. You know, that's a special quality. Um, you know, obviously Marcus Carr is playing at a high level. Uh, Timmy Allen's been playing with more confidence in those late game situations. And I just, I think the big guys, I mean, Bob Donawal, give, give him some credit. He's really got DeZue and Bishop playing, um, and Dylan Mitchell's got a good motor, but they're playing faster. You know, they're, they're not, they're not just, uh, getting the ball and then bogging down. They're moving, they're getting the ball and moving and making good decisions. Um, so it's, they're a fun team to watch. And, and, and when you get in those late game situations, you trust them. And that's, that says a lot because we're two thirds of the way through the season. Yeah, Chip, you're absolutely right. Just them being, you know, the the experience this team has, all the leaders that they have, guys six years, five years of playing college basketball, that is huge. And you got to give love to Rodney Terry being 10-2 and two at the moment. But we know these next four games could determine how this season's going to go and how you're going to look when March comes around and where the committee's going to put you and your rankings and whatnot. You got, you know, got to go to Knoxville and play Rick Barnes crew college game day, turn around play Baylor then you might as well just stay in Kansas because you got to play against Kansas State and against the Jayhawks at Allen Fieldhouse how do you think this team is gonna look after these four games and what are you expecting you know what the fact that they have they're three and one on the road in the Big 12 and you know I get it, it it's OU it's Oklahoma State uh, it's West Virginia it's not the teams you just mentioned it's not um, you know, this Tennessee game is going to be fun. I mean, that's a great test, obviously. And that was a buzzer beater last year. You got to think that Tennessee is, is probably going to get them, um, Saturday at five. Uh, but you know, the trip to K state and Kansas is kind of reeling right now. I mean, K state's been beat. So Texas has had good timing, <laughs> Uh, in facing you know certain teams, and so who knows? But I, I'm I'm really intrigued. Obviously, that's that game uh, next Saturday, a week from Saturday at K State, and then two days later, as you mentioned, um, you're in Lawrence. I don't know that they'll come home <laughs> from that trip. Um, and you know, Fall Down Fieldhouse. I I just know that this Texas team seems to like going on the road and. And they don't they don't get flustered. I mean, they got off to a nice start against Iowa State, even though they lost that game. Um, they were up ten early in that game, and I, I give Iowa State credit. They they you know were trapping the ball and cranked up their defense in the second half. And um, but I I think this Texas team will be be ready, and and um, they've shown they can crawl out of some interesting holes, you know? Yeah, they're going to go see what Knoxville is all about this weekend. That is going to be fun. UT at UT uh, with the Big 12 SEC Challenge coming. Uh, this time Rick Barnes gets it on his floor facing Texas. Chip Brown. Well, and there's, yeah. the Volunteers' defense is is so good. I mean, right. they're num- number two nationally in points allowed, um, number one in field goal percentage defense and three-point field goal percentage defense. So 
they're just locking people down as we know rick barnes uh that's his that's his deal so let's see how how texas reacts all right chip before we let you go give me your thoughts on cowboys niners 19 12 all the cowboys needed was 20 to win that game and they couldn't get it uh, i mean you just you just look at you know, Dak Prescott's contract, Ezekiel Elliott's contract, and and then you look at their production and you say that's they don't they don't add up. They don't equal. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's I never never ever ever wanted Dallas to sign Dak to the big contract. I said franchise him twice and let him go, but Jerry doesn't draft young quarterbacks and develop them like new England does. And it's, it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Um, you know, when he had Tony Romo, he did the exact same thing. They, you know, continued to throw money at Romo, even though he was a 30 plus quarterback with a bad back. And, and then they, you know, throw all that money at Dak and, you know, you reveal, um, you, you can have a good rookie year, and, and then, you know, when defenses have more time to prepare for you, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, Brock Purdy, he should be the guy in San Francisco. And you're like, slow down, you know? I mean, he's in a great system. He's got a great defense. He doesn't have to do that much. Um, and it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that, that Dak Prescott is, can look that bad in a game that big. And Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he doesn't do anything close to what Pollard gives you. And that's just, you know, that's it's scary because you still got big money left on that Ezekiel Elliott contract. So unless, you know, Jerry's going to make some moves and, and I just don't see it, um, you know, I, and, I, and you just said it, 1912. I mean, yeah. They're not that they're not that far away, but man, it it feels like it. You know, I mean that defense, that defense is is good enough to win uh, a Super Bowl with, and you needed the offense to to come through, and you know those turnovers were just brutal. Yeah, felt so bad for Micah Parsons, but I thought he was a total pro in the locker room. He laid it out for what it was. He didn't call names out, but for the leader of that defense, Chip, to say. Hey, we, we set it up, we kept him under 20, just couldn't make enough plays, man. My heart broke as a fan for him because that's what's been carrying that team all year. But that's kind of – they didn't necessarily always coach to that, that they had a badass defense. They kind of would coach in all different ways. So uh, we'll see what happens to them moving forward. Real quick, you think the OC and DC uh, could possibly come back or do you think Quinn and or Kellen Moore are going to get a job? Well, let me ask you this, yeah. lifetime Cowboys fan. Would you get rid of Mike McCarthy to keep Dan Quinn and yeah. make him the head coach? Y- yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where, do, where, where do I sign? Because I need details on offense. I got a quarterback that needs details and needs to be coached with details, and the head coach and the OC don't want to do that. So, yes, I'd make that trade tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I that's the only thing I think that Jera – you know, could maybe get uh, enticed into into doing because that the defense was so good all year. You've got to 
superstar and Mike Parsons and Quinn has helped make him a superstar. So I agree with you. I would do it too. Yeah, uh, we'll see what they end up doing now that they've got time to think about it. That's Chip Brown, Horns247.com. He mentioned that Morning Brew article. Check that out every day. The flagship podcast is there for you at Chip Brown 247 as well. Chip, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy your week. Okay, fellas. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, Chip. Good stuff, as always. Also, speaking of that Horns247.com crew, we've got the Longhorn Blitz podcast coming up for you tonight at 7 with Jeff Howe of Horns247.com and Rod Babers and Matt Butler as they continue to break down Texas football. They've got a lot of things to talk about this week with the new wide receivers coach and what it could mean. 8 o'clock tonight is Fight Night. Check out HornFM.com. they got a contest for you to win some fight tickets. And at 9 o'clock, Sports guys talking wrestling getting ready for the royal rumble in san antonio this weekend so there's a lot going on with the wednesday night lineup up next it's why today matters we uh, talked mvp earlier we'll talk about some of the other awards they've released the finalists we'll get picks there plus an update on patrick mahomes situation and that foot he has spoken on the matter we'll tell you what he said on the horn la 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 we're rolling through a Wednesday. Did I hear a little clue in there? Did I hear the word Paul in there? I don't know if you heard that. No? You should have got a clue on one of the artists. You're not going to get this guy. This guy I'm not getting in? No. Okay. All right, who is it? I'll give you a hint. Okay. I'll take a hint. He's in the Wu-Tang Clan. He's in the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, Don't do it. Uh, okay, now the one the, the guy I know best in the Wu-Tang Clan you've told me is not always out in front. Because the guy I know the best in Wu-Tang Clan is RZA. RZA. Yes. The actor. Correct. RZA does not, all the beats. Right, he's yeah, he's he's in charge of the foundation. Now this isn't a Wu-Tang beat, but it's a Wu-Tang artist. Now who's rapping now? You definitely know who that is. And he's not in Wu-Tang. This guy's not in Wu-Tang. Okay. You just guessed it right a few days ago. Is that Nate Dogg again? That's Nate Dogg. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Now let's get back on the Wu-Tang. All right. Nate Dogg and... Oh, see, I can't get the cool name out of my head, but it's not going to be him. Is it the... What's the badass name in there? Ghostface Killer. Oh, man. From half court. Is that him? That's him. Okay. All right. How about that? (laughs) Ghost Face Killer. Wow. See, that's just me loving a cool name. Yeah. I didn't expect that. And I knew... Because I'm I'm trying to learn, and I know you told me Rizzo was not out in front. So if I'm listening to a Wu-Tang song, and I know there's a lot. There's, what, nine guys in that... In that band? Yeah, 11 depends on how you look at it, I guess. Do you call Wu-Tang a band? Is that what the... Nah, crew. Group. 
Group. Group. Crew. Yeah. I could say crew and it won't sound as cool as when you say crew. I'm like, can I say crew? Am I yeah, allowed you can to do say that? Crew? Okay. Nine guys in the Wu Tang crew, but in general, if I'm listening to a song, are there two or three where they're generally rotating among the same guys, or are we really spreading it out amongst nine guys? It's spread out. Okay. If you listen to the first album, uh, what, 46 Chambers or 48, whatever, Chambers, 36 30, Chambers, 36, sorry, 36, 36 Chambers, yeah. and you'll get a little taste of everybody. Okay. Like Old Dirty Bastard, he has his songs and Method that, Man. See, that's the other one I might have guessed, but it did not. I've heard a little. I've heard yeah. enough to know that that's not what ODB sounds like. Right. He's a little rougher, right? The voice a little rougher. Yes. Yeah. The most popular songs for Wu Tang, in my opinion, have Method Man on the hooks. Okay. Like Cash rules everything around me. Cream get the money. Dollar mm-hmm. dollar bill, y'all. That's Method Man. That's Method Man. Okay. All right. Trying to learn. Trying to learn. You are my rap professor. Yeah, it's a process. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's a process. It really is. But I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm building up. I had a I had a Nate Dog ID this week. I had the Monica ID. That's not truly just straight rap, but you know that counts. Had the Monica gets played at the cookout, so that counts. Okay, good, excellent. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I even got a metal one right today. I got Saxon right today. Uh, that was earlier in the show, along with Devo. <laughs> we had James Brown and the JBs. Great, t- uh, great tune with some cool horns in it earlier. We had U2 earlier, and now we got Nate Dogg and Ghostface Killer, one Yo, of my so, favorite artist so, names ever. Somebody on the Specs text line said, "Damn, Dak, even your relationships get intercepted." <sighs> I'd say we don't know if that happened, but she is beautiful, so it may have, there may have been some sort of interception there. I hope Dak is doing well. Uh, I hope this is something that he wants and that they both want and that they'll both move on. And you know, I hope he cut it off. But, dude, this, I mean, that's a long time, two years. That's a long time. Like, that's rehab, Dak. Especially to be that guy, too, to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You're out and I mean, you're in the public eye so much. There's no hiding. There's no disguising anything. Your whole relationship is just out there for people to deal with. TMZ Sports, I'm sure, follows you everywhere. Like, it's just got to suck. Yeah, if you're not making life better for me, and obviously an issue in my career, off with your head. Got to get rid of you. Mm. Yeah. I do like the idea of the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys dating a hot blonde, though. I do. Well, you just need that for your I just psyche? Feel, I'm just saying I feel like it the fits. The confidence? I feel like it fits the profile. I just do. I don't know what it is. So but, if Dak Prescott was dating Leslie Jones, you want to be on board? Um, <laughs> Actually, I would be on board with that because I know she would get him right. I know she would straighten him out. <laughs> you picked the wrong, right person because she would straighten him out. That'd be a <laughs> I love Leslie Jones. I'm just saying, that's the complete opposite of blonde. And from a social media standpoint, that would be the absolute worst person for a quarterback to be with because she'd put all the business out there. You know it would all be a – she'd do podcasts and live streams during games. It'd be terrible. Oh, my God. All the business would get out there. All right. uh, It is January 25th. Let's get a little bit of Why Today Matters. I'll get you a Patrick Mahomes update. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Yes, indeed. Good news here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes seen today in the facility without a boot. He was asked about how he feels. He said, AFC Championship Week, ready to go. Says it's doing good. Done a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out and see where I'm at 
but it's feeling good so far. Zay, Andy Reid says he expects full practice from Mahomes today. That's great news for us football fans that just want to sit back and watch those two guys go at each other for a big hunk of history, possibly, if they can go get a Super Bowl. Yeah, if you have to choose any quarterback in the National Football League that can deal with this type of injury and can go out there and still give your team the best shot of winning the game, especially under these circumstances, AFC Championship game, it's... Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No questions asked. No doubt. What you say about Joe Burrow and, you know, Josh Allen, love those guys, especially Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. The things that he's able to do on the football field, we've never seen before. Like, he was still running last week. Like, guys should be out the game for good. That should have been Chad Henney's game to finish. But Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, being as good as he is, still being able to control the game on one leg, did that and was able to give his team the dub, seven-point win against the Jags. So I, I, you got to have him out there. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to love him not wearing no boot. And you got to think that's why Vegas put that line a little bit back on the Chiefs' way because they saw him walking with no limp. Zero limp, looking good. Kind of had a little pep in the step on his way out the door. Uh-huh, that's true. Uh, let me double-check that line just to make sure, because you're right. It swung all the way to one earlier today, and it's Cincinnati by one still. Cincinnati still technically yeah. the pick there. Uh, and Are they going to shoot him up before the game? Oh, they will, man. I can't, I can't wait for it. We, we all know Joe Burrow's trying to build that new history in Cincinnati. Just another quick reminder of what Mahomes is trying to do. If he wins the Super Bowl this year, he'll only be the 13th starting quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls. That's 12 guys right now that are in that group. And, Zay, if they get this win, the Chiefs will become only the 10th franchise to win three or more. So he's trying to get the Chiefs notched up one more level up into that Washington Raiders. Who's the other with three? Washington Raiders and somebody else have three. Mm-hmm. And that's a different category. You got teams like Baltimore and Tampa and others that, just, that have a couple, and that's cool, but three is a different level. So he's trying to do that because right now he's living in Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, and Russell Wilson land. Got one. Got one. Maybe should have two or whatever. Russell just hand the ball off. I get all that. Just one. Yeah. The one ring club is where Patrick lives right now. Yeah, you want to be with Elway and Ben Roethlisberger. That is correct. El- right, both guys on that list. Guys have found multiple Super Bowls. And if you keep losing, especially if you keep losing to Burrow and Burrow starts building his thing, I got a text yesterday on the text line, Zay, and somebody says to us, hey, if he loses this, if Burrow beats him, we're going to have to start talking about him like we do Aaron Rodgers. That's not what Patrick wants. Patrick wants that different level where it's, you're up into that world with the Manning brothers and Elway and Aikman and Montana and all those guys that have multiple rings. Yeah, they Bengals, they don't call it Burrowhead for a reason. That's such a great name, Oh, by it's the way. so dope. That's I love brilliant. that. The cocky-ass Cincinnati Bengals. But, yeah, they're going to go in there with – a crazy amount of confidence, and they should be confident. Zach Taylor's crew, which we don't talk about him enough. We talk about Kyle Shanahan and what Nick Sirianni's doing and, you know, et cetera, Andy Reid. But Zach Taylor getting his team to the Super Bowl for a second-year quarterback last year, now coming back this year around, had some uh, slumps and downers at the beginning of the season. I think they lost to a Cooper Rush Dallas Cowboys team, which looking back at that, they're probably like, wow, how we lose to Cooper yeah. Rush in them? But that only made them stronger. They put on that double-digit win streak that they're still riding on, took care of their business in Buffalo last week. and 
did a lot of talking while doing that. So, yeah, I think Zach Taylor doesn't get enough credit, and he's done a hell of a job in Cincinnati. No doubt about it. All right, real quick, uh, we also talked about the MVP vote coming up. Uh, it's Allen Burrow, Hurts, Jefferson, and Mahomes for the MVP. Let me throw another one out real quick, Zay. Coach of the Year, Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan. Those are your three finalists. You got a vote? You got a favorite? Uh, If we're talking about to this point, it's Kyle Shanahan, but that's so much talent that he has down there. Brian Dayball, I think it's his to lose. I don't know how. I think it might be him too. I I think it is. It's how bad Daniel Jones has been throughout his career, like, now the Giants have a real problem. Do they sign Daniel Jones and keep it rolling? Because we saw the good with Daniel Jones against the Minnesota Vikings, and then we saw the bad with Daniel Jones yeah, and no Lincoln doubt. Financial Field oh. the other weekend. So they got some questions to answer with Saquon Barkley. I, I think it's Brian Day, boss. We'll get you a couple of those other award finalists uh, and see what we think of those before we get out of here. Stems and Seeds coming up, then we get you to Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge, and we'll set the Wednesday night lineup for you as well. And uh, just keep it right here. It's a Wednesday on the Horn. Just about to wrap it up on a Wednesday. That's a great beat. I would. I, I hope I know this one. That's Dre, right? Yeah, that's Dre. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. What's it called? This is actually NWA, Appetite for Destruction. Ah, okay. That's really good. Yeah, off their 91 album that has the N-bomb in it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right before Dre left. Cube wasn't here at this time. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, started the hour with a great public enemy beat. So NWA finishing us off. Nate Dogg and Ghostface Killer earlier in the hour. James Brown and the JBs. We had U2, Saxon, Devo. We've had it all today, as always. Thanks to Zay for all the great music. Thanks to Zay for getting us the interview with Stony Point head coach Antoine Thompson. We're going to get that posted for you later in the afternoon. He was great. And that team is pretty damn good. They're going to Round Rock. For you Dragon fans, go out and support your Round Rock Dragons. They may need need all the help they can get when the Stony Point Tigers come to town. That one is Friday at 7, flxatx.com, for your full schedule. It's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. Last time they played, Round Rock lost, and Stony Point didn't have Josiah Mosley. So that should just show you how good Stony Point is. Interesting. i got to check the schedule. I'm going to check the schedule with my wife and see if maybe there's a – maybe get a little past the Round Rock. Check it out. Maybe head over there towards Dragonland on Friday. All right, let's get you stems and seeds. We'll see if we can figure out more of these NFL awards. Here we go. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678 or avconsultations.com. All right, Zay, we've hit some of the big ones. How about Offensive Player of the Year? Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'll give it to Jalen Hurts. Says okay. Patrick Mahomes, probably get MVP. I might lean that way, too. Defensive Player of the Year, Bosa, Chris Jones, Micah Parsons. Bosa's? Yeah, Nick Bosa. Probably Nick. Yeah. Okay. Comeback player of the year, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Geno Smith. 
Geno Smith. I did, I agree. I've heard people picking one of those running backs. I like Geno too. Geno Smith. He was breaking Seattle Seahawks records that Russell Wilson wasn't even breaking. Did he have, at one point for a big hunk of the year, he had the best passer rating in the league. Yeah, it's Geno. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. We did coach of the year. That's Dayball, Peterson, and Shanahan. Zay's kind of leaning Dayball there, and I think I agree with him. Offensive rookie of the year, Zay. Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson. Bias Garrett Wilson. There you go. Let's get the Lake Travis uh, product a little love, <laughs> shall we? Garrett, we're going with you. We hope you get it. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, Tariq Woolen of Seattle. Is this one close? Because midway through the season, it was Sauce. Is yeah. it still him? It's still him. He okay. was first team all pro this year. Because those two other guys are badasses, but I think it's Sauce Gardner too. He was first team all pro this year. That's silly. As a rookie. But you know what? Shout out to both those other two guys. Hutchinson has balled out this year. Hutchinson's good. That Woolen kid is kind of out of nowhere awesome. Yeah. I don't think they expected him to be that. So when the Jets played the Seahawks toward the end of the season, there's a great mic'd up video with Woodland and is it Woodland or yeah, Woolen, W-O-O-L-E-N. Yeah, with Woolen yeah. and Sauce Gardner, and they're just chopping it up about man. We respect each other. I respect what you do. And Sauce Gardner's like, likewise, because both of those guys are bigger corners around six foot three. And yeah, yeah you got to love that. Just the respect and competitive nature of guys like that. Both of them really good. Dude, I love That's my kind of corner right there. Big, tall corners. Yeah. That's what I want. Give that's me those. Steve Sarkeesian wants to bring down here. Yep. Give me those condors at corner and safety. I love it. Assistant coach of the year, Ben Johnson of the Lions, D'Amico Ryans of the Niners, Shane Steichen or Steichen, whatever it is of the Eagles. That's D'Amico, right? D'Amico, Ryan. Gotta be. If yeah. you if you were the Texans, would you hire him? Would he be your guy? Nope. Last two brothers that were there got fired. Oh, <laughs> come on. What you mean? That's just, I mean, yeah. Lovey was there for one season. Be careful. If you are black American and you are interviewing Come in Houston, on. just keep that in the back of your mind. Dude, that's D'Amico Ryans. I think that might be a great, great fit for them. I read a good article in the Houston Chronicle. They laid it out. They think he is the fit. Uh, that, that's I'm interested to see what they do. I do like D'Amico Ryans. I'd be a little worried as a Cowboys fan that they might actually drag themselves out of it if they go with him. Now, I'm salty that Dan Quinn ain't even up for consideration. What are we doing? Oh, ah, yeah, that's fair. All right, ball don't lie. Coming up, we'll be back tomorrow for a Thursday show. See ya!